Man, what's going on, everybody? Good to be here. Glad that you guys are here. Um, I want to do this real quick before we get started. Um, there's a couple people that I want to honor. Um, the first one is actually sitting right here on the front row celebrating 56 years today. 56 years. Come on. My grandparents right here celebrating 56 years. And then another, another people I want to honor is actually our pastors who are watching right now online because they're celebrating 29 years today. Come on, aren't you thankful for your pastors? Listen, we're so thankful for you, Pastor Darian, Miss Tyra, for your legacy that you've given us, um, what an incredible marriage looks like. Thank you for, for just revealing to us that it is possible to have a great marriage. Um, we're so thankful for them and and uh, fun, fun stuff happening. So this Wednesday we have prayer. Next Wednesday we have last Wednesday. And that is actually going to be led by Miss Tyra herself. And, uh, and so we're excited about that. It's going to be a, a good night, powerful. Um, she doesn't pull any punches. So just come, you know, braced for impact. Okay, that's all I got to say. And, and we get her about, I feel like maybe one time a year she'll preach. And uh, she, she's a powerhouse. And so it's going to be a great time. But we're going to continue in on the Harvest Part 2. If this is your first time, welcome to Your Place Church. Um, it's an honor to have you with us. I'm going to be reading out of Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. And it says, Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many, many will enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ferocious wolves, and by their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit, and a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruits. In fact, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down, thrown into the fire, and thus by their fruits you will recognize them. And, and this is really the opening passage that I believe is going to set up today's message and, uh, in, in our harvest series. Listen, we believe there's some big things, and we're seeing some big things happening in our church right now. And we've got some high expectations for what God is wanting to do. And we believe that God's going to move in a powerful way through the series leading up to Easter. Um, but then going into the summer, we've got some fun things happening. We've got uh, virtue coming up again. We got a kids conference. We got a student conference. We got a marriage conference. Come on, we got some things that are happening, and we be we're believing for a move of God. But when you study moves of God, every move of God actually starts inward before it moves outward. Every move of God starts inward. Before it moves outward. And, and so today, I want us to focus inwardly on what God is actually needing from us. And so I've titled today's message. It's actually coming from a segment of a book I'm working on. And uh, I've been working on it for, for a few years now. And uh, I'm not going to release the title. So I've changed the title of the book. And, uh, and, and I'm giving you this title, the message, not the title of the book, but the title of today's message. It's Saved by Grace. But what has grace saved you from? For the note takers in the room, I get it. That's a long title. So let me help you. I shortened it into an acronym. SBG dot 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 BWHGSYF question mark. Would you pray with me this morning? God, we're so thankful to be here in your presence. Father, it is an honor to be here this morning. Lord, our heart's desire is to know more of you. 
God, is to grow closer to you. So, Father, as we, as we dive into your word, Lord, we know that your word does not return void. And so, Father, help us apply it to our lives. Father, show us what we need to, to see in it today. Father, give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation that we may know you better. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. Um, what I've learned so far is that every new season of life, um, it, it brings, I don't know, what I would call new experts in that field. And, and, and so when, when you get married, um, these experts come out of nowhere and, and they tell you how to have a great marriage. And, uh, and, and then when you have kids, experts show up and, and they're, they're, they're there to tell you how to raise your kids correctly. This is just something I've realized. Every season brings new experts um, into your life. And, and so maybe you're in the room and maybe you've been married recently and, and you feel this. You know, I, what, I, what I notice is they all ask the same questions. Hey, how's married life? I, I, I stopped knowing how to answer that question because I didn't know what the correct response was. It's different than single life. That's all, I don't know. I got it good. Um, the, the, when you become a parent, it's like, hey, how's, what's it like being a dad? Do you want the long answer? Like, what, is this just a, and, and then it's, are you sleeping at night? Like, have you had kids? You know, it's just, it's all the same questions. Uh, but, but what's different is people's approach to each new area of life that you're in. And, and so when you get married, there's going to be people that come up. Come on, people who are, who are engaged. Maybe you've been recently married. Maybe you're dating and, and you hope to be engaged soon. Here's what's going to happen. There's going to be someone that comes up and they're going to say, listen, let me tell you how to have a great marriage. Fake a phone call. Fake a phone call, get out of there, okay? That's, that's, that's my advice, just fake a phone call. Um, and and this, is, this is why, because what I realize is there's so differing opinions on every topic. And so when, we, when you have kids, it's like, hey, are you going to nurse them or are you going to bottle feed them? There is a correct answer. And, and, but it's correct based on the person that you're talking to. It's not a one-size-fits-all. It's like, hey, are you, how are you going to get that kid to sleep at night? One person's like, you better rock that baby all night long. Listen, you are going to sleep in a rocking chair, and you're going to tell that baby that you love them every single moment of the night, all night long. And then there's the other side of the spectrum that's like, you put that kid in their bed at 7 p.m. You shut the door. You don't open it again till 7 a.m. Don't look at that monitor. Don't buy a monitor. Spend the money. Get your hair done, girl. You don't need a monitor. You ain't going in till 7 a.m. Like, there's, there's experts on both sides of the spectrum, and you're like, okay, there's so much going on. And so Bailey and I, when we got married, we, did, we made this decision um, because everybody wants to tell you how to live your life their way. They want you to live your life their way. And so what we made the decision to do is to look at the fruit that people are producing. We want to look at the fruit people are producing. And so right now, what we wanted to do when we got married, there's a lot of people, and maybe it works in your marriage. But one of the greatest marriages I've ever seen in my life is actually my parents' marriage, who's celebrating 29 years today. And, and I've been behind closed doors. And who you see here on Sundays and who you see at home is the exact same people. It's the exact same people. There's a little minor difference with Pastor Darian, and um, 
And, and he's kind of brought this to light before in the past. He does like 80s music. But what he doesn't tell you is that during the 80s, the trend was men wore short, short, cut off jean shorts. And sometimes he flashes back to those days and comes out with the short, short, cut off jean shorts. And it's typically whenever we're doing like a, a renovation project, we were renovating the house and, and, and we started renovating this house that we're living in for uh, two years ago. And uh, I will finish it. You know, I'm, I'm a finisher. I'm going to finish this house. And, uh, and my, I have my dad come over to help me on it. And my dad shows up and he's in this, this oversized shirt. And he comes walking in the door, and he's got these cut off, I'm talking not like mid-thigh, y'all, I'm talking upper thigh, <laughs> jean shorts. I'm, I'm, I'm letting them all know, Dad. I'm, I'm just, I'm throwing it all out there. I'm throwing it all out there. Ha- happy anniversary. Um, <laughs> and, and he showed up, and I, but this is what I know. When he shows up in the Daisy Dukes, come on, it's going to be a productive day. <laughs> We're going to get some stuff done. That's the only difference that you see with Pastor Darian and Miss Tyro when they're not at church and when they're at home is the Daisy Dukes. Outside of that, that is who they are. Are you following me? What they've produced in their life is fruit that I want in my life. And because I'm looking at their marriage and I'm like, man, that's the kind of marriage that I want. I ask the questions when you were in this, sick, in this circumstance and, and, and you're faced with this tension, what would you do? And when they respond... You got to do what they do. Are you following me? Me and my siblings, um, we, are, we are far, far from perfect, especially Tyson. <laughs> Actually, Tyson's probably the best of us all. Um, <laughs> we're we're far, from par- far from perfect, and, 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 you know, there's a lot of things that we didn't do right, um, but we do love each other. Every, every Monday night, we, we still have family, family meetings or family dinner together, and uh, we love God. We love his church, and me and my siblings are all on staff here at the church. Listen, I want that fruit with my boys. I want my boys to, to, love their, to love each other, to love us, to love God, to love his church. And whether they choose to, to serve on staff at a church is up to them and God. Um, that was never forced on us. It, it was never even encouraged. It was, hey, you do what God wants you to do and nothing else. If God wants you to do ministry, do ministry. If he doesn't, then figure out what he wants you to do. And, and I, there's, a, there's a myth that you can do and be whoever you want to be. That's not true. You can be who God's called you to be or not. And, and, and so for us, we want to see that fruit with our boys. And so we're looking to my parents. How did you do certain things? Why? Because I like the fruit that they've produced. Here's the thing. We're all producing fruit. We aren't all producing good fruits. Can I, can I be real with you guys this morning? You know, when, when you look at Jesus, Jesus talks three different ways um, to three different groups of people. To the first group of, of people, there's, there's this group of, of, of people who are far from God, who are sinners. They don't know right and wrong. And, and when you see Jesus' interaction, Jesus, he corrects all three groups differently. And so to the ones who are far from God, his correction looks a little bit different. His correction is very much grace. And so there's this woman that's caught in the act of adultery. These Pharisees grab her. They throw her in front of Jesus. And they say, listen, the law says that we need to, we need to stone her. But what do you say, master? And Jesus' response, I love his response. Because he says, you who have not sinned, throw the first stone. And then it says he kneels down and 
begins to write in the sand and every pastor has a different thought on what Jesus is actually writing. I choose to believe that Jesus was writing the names of the mistresses of these Pharisees. Rebecca. Veronica. And it says that they left one by one and then here's Jesus just left with the woman. And he says, Woman, where are your accusers? She says, I have none. What's Jesus say? Then neither do I accuse you, but go and sin no more. What is it? It's grace. But at the same time, it's a call to live at a higher standard. When Jesus talks to the, to the people who are far, far from God, he gives them grace, but he still calls them to a higher standard. Because here's, here's, here's the heart of Jesus. He knows that there's a better way to live. In fact, Matthew chapter 11 says it. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And then, and then he says this. He says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What's Jesus' heart for the sinners is the weight of shame and the weight of sin is a lot heavier than the weight of my grace. And so if you would leave your, your life of sin and you take up the weight of grace, it's actually a lot easier. This, come on, everybody. This is the heart of our God. And so when he corrects the sinners, it's very grace. But then, but then you see Jesus' interaction with the disciples. And, and then there's Matthew, I believe it's Matthew 16, where Jesus is, is talking to Peter and, and, and to the rest of the disciples, and he's telling them that he's going to be crucified and beaten by the chief priest. And Peter pulls him aside, and he's like, Lord, this will not happen. Like, my Bible has an exclamation mark. Peter's yelling at Jesus. And, and he's like, Lord, this will not happen. What was Jesus' response? Get behind me, Satan. Come on, some of y'all, if your pastor says that to you, you're leaving the church. If your pastor's that starting with you, but the heart, again, of Jesus is to call them to a higher standard. What's interesting to note is after Jesus says that, he says, you're thinking about the things of man, not the ways of God. The next, and then he grabs all the disciples and he pulls them together and he says, if you want to follow after me, what do you have to do? You've got to lay down your life, take up your cross daily, and follow after me. If you want to save your life, you're going to lose it. But anyone who loses their life on account of me will save it. What's Jesus' heart when he's correcting his disciples is you're going to have to get your junk together. There's going to have to be some things, but he's very stern in how he, he's directing um, the, the correction. And then there's the third category of people, which was the Pharisees. And, and to the Pharisees, they were the religious, they're well-versed, they're the ones that are supposed to know God the best, but they were consumed with the notoriety and the applause of, of how much they knew about the law, but didn't have actually a relationship with God. And Jesus, when he corrects them, isn't necessarily interested in how they're feeling, but he says, you're of your father, the devil. And what's, what's also interesting to know is how each category receives the correction. When you see Jesus' interaction with the sinners and the people who are lost, they follow after him. When you see the disciples, they change their ways to be closer to him. 
When you look at the Pharisees, they leave offended and angry at him. Listen, how you hear the message and how you receive the message determines what category you fit in. You can hear the correction from the word of God and leave offended. But then that will reveal what category you're actually in. Are you interested in the notoriety and the claim of being a Christian just because you want to say you're a Christian? Or are you interested in looking more like Jesus? Are you interested in being transformed into who Jesus is? Come on, I want to look more like Jesus. Here's, here's the truth. Your life is on display. People are looking at your life. Not just pastors, but everybody. People are watching the way you live. And they're determining, do I want my life to look like Dane's life? People are determining, do I want to raise my kids like, like Taylor and Bailey are raising their kids? Our lives are on display. And this is, this is important to note when it comes to talking about the harvest, because we're in this harvest series, and we want to go and we want to reach our community. But if, I, if I'm at work and I'm inviting someone to church in one moment, but in a couple moments later I'm bashing my spouse, and I'm, and I'm your coworker, and I don't actually have a good relationship with my spouse, why would I want what you have if the fruit of your life doesn't look any different than the fruit of mine? And we say, yeah, yeah, but you should, you should come to church with me. It's great. But if our fruit looks the same and you just have something else to do on Sunday and Sundays are free for me, why would I want what you have? And, and, our, and our argument would be like, yeah, but Jesus has saved me. And I can just imagine the co-worker saying, but not from a bad marriage. Come on, are you with me this morning? We say we've been saved by grace, but what has grace actually saved you from? Because if our lives look the exact same right now as they did before following Jesus, what has grace actually saved you from? Matthew chapter 7, verse 13, this is what he he writes. He says, enter through the narrow gates. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many, many will enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. I like how the translation on the screen says it. Difficult is the way which leads to life, and only a few find it. And I'm wondering if it's only a few that actually find it, or if it's more that only a few decide that they actually want it. It might not just be that only a few find it, but only a few decide that they really want to live a life that leads to life. And, you know, this isn't a new concept for us. This is the same concept. We say it differently, though. We say if it was easy, everyone would do it. It's the concept we say about a lot of things. If it was easy, well, then everybody would have it. What, is, what are we saying? Well, if it, was, if it wasn't difficult, then we would all receive it. But there's an element that's difficult to it. We understand the concept. Come on, somebody. Long is the drive-through line at the donut shop in the morning. I don't believe there's a line at the gym in the morning. Why? Because indulging is easier than discipline. Indulging is easier than discipline. And so we narrow is the gate. 
that leads to life. My, my dad said this growing up to me all the time. He said, um, don't let your short-term desire outweigh your long-term dreams. Don't let your short-term desire outweigh your long-term dreams. You know what a short-term desire is? Sin. Come on, everybody. Sin is a short-term desire. And it has a way of interfering what God wants to do in your life. But I recognize sin isn't the only thing that actually keeps us from the plan of God. Sometimes it's not sin. Sometimes it's just things that aren't God that have become your God. And they're standing in the way of you experiencing life and life to the full. Well, hey, everybody, there's a better way. There's a better way. God's got a, a greater hope in store for you. Because we, we want to say we've been saved by grace. But what has grace saved you from? What has grace saved you from? We continue on in verse 15. It says, watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly, they are ferocious wolves. In my Bible, it's got these separated, and, and it's got titles over this, this new paragraph. And so our tendency is just to, to dismiss it as a separate thought. Come on, this is just, it's one chapter. We're just going to keep on reading it. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly, they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit, you will recognize them. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit, and a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. I think, I think we understand this concept. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. And I want to I say this. Be careful who you're listening to. Be careful who you're listening to. Watch out for these false prophets. Because what's happening is, is the word of God is, is challenging. It's meant to be. Because we were born into this world, our mind naturally thinks of the ways of this world. What the word of God is doing is challenging us to live at a higher standard. Come on, if we'd be honest, there's some things in the word that we wish weren't in the word. It's okay, you don't have to pretend like you don't, there's nothing in there. Like, no, I'm good with everything in there. Not one thing I'd change. Okay. Come on, there's some things in there. You wish they weren't. But just because you find a pastor that changes the word to write that out doesn't mean, doesn't mean it's not the word of God. Come on, are you with me, somebody? I hear this. Um, I was having a conversation with somebody the other day, and what they said was the culture has changed. The world has shifted. The Bible's outdated. But to be a follower of Jesus, what we got to recognize is that God is omnipresent. And so if God is omnipresent, then he's not confined within the constraints of time. He's outside of time. So therefore, a God who's outside of time cannot be dated by time. That's why he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Because he's not, it's not been a thousand years for God. The Bible says that a thousand years on earth is like a day in heaven. And so even when you look at that standpoint, 
Jesus came, what, two days ago in heaven? That's not a whole lot of time to, to change your mind on some things. Some of us, we change our mind that fast. Others of us, come on, we're, we're set. God is outside. Listen, the Bible is still relevant. It might not be easy, but be careful who you're listening to. Just because it's a pastor who says it or some influencer that says it does not mean that it is the word of God. Look to see what the Lord has said. Because here's the problem. You start to follow off on their ways. And the fruit that you produce won't be the promises that God has spoken. If you want the promises that God has spoken, live the way that God has spoken. Come on, are you following me this morning? Watch who you're listening to. He goes on to say, verse 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Did you catch that? Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only he who does the will of my Father. It's only he who does it. Not everybody who says, Lord, Lord, but the ones who actually act on the word of God. Listen, this isn't, we're not here to condemn anyone. That's not what this is about. But if we want to claim to be a follower of Jesus, then our lives actually have to follow Jesus. We get it. Romans 3.23, we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. But Zion, my youngest, he's, um, he's a little over one. I don't know how many months he is. I don't believe in that. Um, Amen. Like, I don't want to do that math. Is he one? Is he two? Is he somewhere in between? Zion's somewhere in between. And, uh, and, and he's walking, but yet he still, like, gets ahead of himself and, and stumbles. And, and the other day, he was, he was booking it through the living room. And, and we've got this, like, little kid couch thing, and I don't really know how else to describe it. Like, it folds. It does weird things. And uh, he comes running, and he's booking it, and then he just, like, flops, like, face plants so hard onto this couch. And um, I may have started laughing. I'm not, you know, I'm not insensitive, but I definitely started laughing at him. And he looks over at me, and he sees me laughing, and so he starts laughing. And he hops up, and he walks out of the room. And then he turns around and comes fall so fast back and does it again. And, you know, I laugh again at the second time. And then he does it again for the third time. And I was like, all right, son, you got to stop. You're going to hurt yourself. <laughs> but what happened was I laughed the first time. And so he wanted the attention the second time. Here's what happens in life is you may have fell and stumbled the first time and received attention and pity. And now you're consumed with chasing the attention of every time you fall someone's there like hey don't crave the pity don't crave the attention that you get when you fall because first time it's like hey, hey you all right but after that listen you're gonna hurt yourself you're gonna hurt yourself why because what we're doing is we're no longer stewarding grace we're no longer stewarding grace. You see, with the woman caught in the act of adultery, when she was thrown in front of Jesus, the Pharisees were there with full preparation to stone her. That was the consequence of the law. 
We read the story and we see a woman just thrown in front of Jesus. But what was going on through that woman's mind was, am I going to live past this moment or is this where my life ends? Can you see how the weight changes a little bit for the woman? When it's more than just a story that we've read past because we know how the story ends, the woman is in front of Jesus and the Pharisees have rocks in their hands and they're just waiting for Jesus to, to say, let's stone her. That's, that's the law. And, and so at, when, when they begin to walk away and it's, it's just Jesus and the woman and he looks at the woman and he says, neither do I condemn you. This woman has been, has been terrified that this is the end of her life. So she doesn't hear, neither do I condemn you. What, she's, what she hears is, you're going to live another day. And when, and when we hear Jesus say, hey, just go and sin no more, what she hears is, listen, grace just saved your life. Go and cherish the grace that saved your life. We have, we have an option to either cherish the grace that's been given to us or to neglect it. But I'm convinced if we're neglecting it and we're choosing sin but claiming grace, then we've missed out what grace really is. Grace isn't something that, we're, that was meant to just be claimed every time we mess up. Grace is meant to be steward. Why? Because it saved your life. It was my sin that put him on that cross. Come on, somebody. Grace is meant to be steward. But we, we've, got a, we've got a generation of Christians that are still choosing to live like they did before they entered into a relationship with Jesus. It's not about religion. Shift, shift your focus. It's not a religious pursuit out of religious obligation. The Bible isn't just a book of rules. It is a plan. If you want your life to look more like Jesus, if you want to let go of the weight of shame, then follow after me. And it's, it's an understanding that if, if I want to be, if I want to live more freely, to have more joy in my life, then I'm going to live by the plan that tells me how to have more joy. Come on, I'm not just following rules. I'm not just following rules just to follow rules. I'm not really good at following rules. But I do want to look more like Jesus. I want to look more like Jesus. Let's continue reading. He says, many will say to me on that day, many will say to me on that day, what day is he talking about? Judgment day. He's talking about judgment day. And there's a concept I'm seeing on social media by Christians that there's not consequences for your actions because of grace. Listen, by grace you've been saved, but there's still a day when we stand before our maker. And, and I don't know what that day looks like. The Lord hasn't emailed me the itinerary yet. But what I do know is that we are going to stand and be held accountable for the decisions that we made. And if nothing else, it's just going to be a replay of all the things. When the way I see it, and, and it's just the way I believe it, is I believe it's going to be a Revealing everything that we've done so that we could have a better understanding of what grace has saved us from. 
God, God is still going to forgive you. You can sin and sin and sin and choose sin, and you can choose to fall, and you can choose, you can choose it over and over. And the moment you say, God, forgive me, he's going to because that's his character. But there is still judgment day. And, and I don't want to live my life just claiming grace but not being refined by grace. I want to be refined by grace. I want it to change the way my pursuit is. I want it to, I want it to change the way I, I approach marriage and, and parenting. Why? Because I want to be better. I followed Jesus not because I needed more of what I already had, because I needed more of Jesus. I, didn't, I needed something different in my life. Are you following me this morning? And when we get to heaven, what I want to hear isn't, whew, you barely got in, but you made it. I want to hear, man, there were some, there were some bumps in the road because I already got some bumps in the road. But then, then you straightened up. And then you stewarded grace. Hey, well done. Well done. You missed it on a few things. But then you learned what grace really was. Well done. Are you with me this morning? Come on, can we, we want to live to hear well done. Well done, good and faithful servant. Come on, I'm pleased with you. On the way you lived your life, you weren't, you weren't born into the right circumstances. I get there's all kinds of um, obstacles that got you to this point. I know you're, there, there's some things that happened as a, as a child that were harder, but then you overcame and, and you found me and then you stewarded great. Well done. Well done. That's the, and, and the, so there's a day coming. There's a day coming. And, and he says, on that day... Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me, evildoers. Verse 24, I'm going to wrap up with this. Hang on, we've got about 45 more minutes, but I'm coming in for landing. <laughs> Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. Y'all catch that part? Whoever hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the wind blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Is how my translation says. The one on the screen says, and it was a great fall. Why was it a great fall? Because you thought you'd built a kingdom. But it was on no foundation. James chapter 1 says it a little bit differently. It says, don't, don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. What's it mean by deceive yourselves? Don't just come in on Sunday and, and hear the word. Don't just do your Bible reading plan on Monday and, and hear the word and not actually apply it to your life. Because the problem is you're going to think that you're building a great house, 
but you don't have any foundation because you're not applying it to your life. Don't just hear the word. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. Listen, it's the narrow gate. It's the narrow gate. I get it. It's a little bit more difficult. It's a little bit more difficult to live like this. But if you do, when you choose discipline, you'll be blessed in whatever you do. You'll be blessed in whatever you do. Why? Because it's the discipline that pays off over time. It's that discipline that pays off over time. Do not let our short-term desire outweigh our long-term dream. Because at the end of our life, what are we going to actually wish we spent more time doing? You're going to be thankful that you struggled in that addiction for a few more years before deciding to get help? Are you going to be thankful that you, you clung to that sin instead of just letting it go? Are you going to be thankful that, that, that you didn't steward your marriage when you were first married? And so then your marriage was rocky and you had to go through some hard times, but, but you made it out now. Are you, are you going to be thankful for the hard times? Are you going to be thankful for the, the decisions where we, where we decided to not steward grace? Or would we be more happy with the moments where we're like, man, it just wasn't worth it. Discipline, it was hard, but I'm so thankful I did it. It was hard, but... I made it through. Does this make sense? At the end of our life, what are, what are we going to be thankful for? Let's continue on right here. Watch how, he, watch how he ends this. If anyone considers himself religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is worthless. His religion is worthless. Why is it worthless? Your religion becomes worthless when it's no longer glorifying God, but just gratifying and indulging on whatever you want. We're missing out. Listen, the work that God's doing on earth, he does it through people. If we want to see a great harvest, Listen, the harvest starts with me. The harvest starts with me. Why? Because every great move of God started inward. It started inward. People are looking at your life. People are watching the way you live. People are watching the way you treat people. How you respond in hard times. And they're deciding if they want their life to look like your life. Paul says it this way. He says, listen, follow after me as I follow after Christ. Follow after me as I follow after Christ. Why? Because his life was worth following because he was in a genuine pursuit of more of God. If we want to see a great harvest, if we want to reach the community around us, then we're going to have to let go of some things that we've been hanging on to. 
that aren't actually glorifying God. Paul says this in, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10. This really has become the message of, of my life. He says, because God was so gracious, so very generous, here I am. And he says, I'm not about to let my grace go to waste. I'm not about to let my grace go to waste. Listen, Ephesians 2, I get it. By grace you've been saved, not by works, so that no man can boast. But on the other side, faith without works is dead. And I don't want my grace to be wasted. I don't want, I don't want to have, have neglected grace and be face-to-face with Jesus and have not made an impact. Because then what have I been living for? Are you following me this morning? Can you hear the heart of it? Come on, listen. If we want to see a great harvest, the harvest starts with us, everybody. It starts with deciding that, that this world has nothing left to offer us. And I just want more of Jesus. Because right now it might be a little bit harder to let go of the things of this world. But at the end, it's, it's the narrow gates and it, and it leads to a better life. And everything I will do will be blessed if I would just choose to live like the Lord asked me to live. Amen. It produces greater results. Yeah. We were in Claremore on Friday and I watched um, the semi turn off of 44 and and, and, and struggled to get down onto Highway 20 going into to Claremore because traffic is awful. And uh, they've been doing road work there for five years. I don't actually know how long. It just feels like forever. And this, this semi is like struggling because it's too big and the, and the lane is so narrow. And I'm like, he's not going to make it. He's going to have to turn around. We're doing the same thing. We're carrying a load that's too large. And the path that God has us on is more narrow. But what we're doing is we're getting to the road. And instead of dropping the load, we're turning around and taking a different path. Just drop the load. The things that you're carrying aren't worth carrying. Well, the things that you're fighting for isn't worth fighting for. Just do what the Bible says. And you'll, have, you'll produce good fruits. I want people to look at my life and say, man, I want to follow after his life like he follows after God's. And I want it to be said about our church. Man, I'm following Dane. Dane loves God. And I want to, I want to be like Dane. He's just a man. I want, I want to produce fruit in my life that is worth following. Does this make sense to you? The harvest starts with us. Revelation 12, 11. I'm, I'm going to pray over us. But I want you to see this. Revelation 12, 11. It says that they, they triumphed over him. Who's him? The enemy. Well, they triumphed over the enemy. By the blood of the lamb, which is Jesus, and by the word of their testimony. Listen, your testimony has a lot to do with building the kingdom of heaven. It's time for some of us to stop adding details to the testimony. To stop building out your testimony and just to start following after Jesus and be refined by grace. Why? Because there's a better way. There's a better way. God's got a better hope for you. He's got a better plan in store for you. Sin, shame, it's heavy. That wasn't God's intention. What's he say? Come to me. Come to me. Why? Why? Because my, life, my weight and the load I'm going to put on you is so much lighter. 
than that shame you've been carrying. Listen, grace is a, there's going to be some things that we do to be refined by grace. But even if the difficulties of grace, it's still lighter than the weight and the sorrow of sin. Can we rise up to a higher standard? Come on, can we live our lives at a higher standard so that we can reach our community? So we can hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Would you pray with me? Right heads. What if there's anyone in here? Maybe, maybe you're in that first category of people where you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Listen, there's a better way. The weight of grace is so much greater than, than, than the weight of, of sin and shame. And, and, and following Jesus is actually more fulfilling than any sin, any short-term desire can be. If you're in here and you're like, man, I want a relationship with Jesus. Or maybe, maybe you had, maybe you, at one point in your life you were walking towards God. But what you found is you've been distracted by every other thing in life and you've gotten off course. I want to give you an opportunity where we're just going to pray for you. So if you're in the room and, and maybe you've once fo- followed after Jesus or, or maybe you've never had Jesus and you want Jesus in your life, would you just raise your hands? Thank you. I see your hand. Come on, be bold. Raise your hand. Come on, I want to follow after Jesus. Thank you. We're making a decision today. Thank you. We're following after Jesus. Come on, I want to be refined by grace because it leads to something better. Anybody else like that? Praying for a couple people this morning. Thank you. I see your hand. Come on, you feel that weight inside of you. What I've noticed dealing with teenagers is is they they feel anxious and they want to leave the moment. Listen, that's not anxiety. That's conviction. Conviction's not a bad thing. It's just your spirit saying, no, listen, this is the moment. This is the moment. Don't miss it. This is the moment. Anybody else? All right, this is what we're going to do. Everybody repeat after me. Say, Lord. Oh, come on, say it like you mean it. Lord, forgive me for not prioritizing you, for choosing the ways of my flesh. And I'm choosing today to follow after you. Be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name. Father, right now, I pray over every person that made that decision. Lord, in the room, maybe people made that decision watching online. And Father, I pray that as they step out in faith, God, maybe they had a relationship with you, but in, in the returning, Father, I pray that you would strengthen them. Father, that you would fill them with joy. God, that the, the sin and the shame that they've been carrying, that's been weighing down on them. Lord, I pray that you would lift it. God, we know that you're not a God of condemnation, but Romans 8, 1 says that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And so, Father, I pray that just the weight of grace would come over them. Father, and they'd be released from that sin and that shame, God, that they have been forgiven. But Father, I pray that you now help them to forgive themselves. Strengthen them in their faith. God, strengthen us in our faith as well. Lord, as as our heart's desire is to know you more, is to be closer to you, Father, we want to produce the God results in our life. God, give us strength to do it. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, can we give it up for everybody who made the decision this morning?